Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. This is our uh, our voice of gratitude. You know? I'm grateful that you're here listening to this uh, because we've got a lot to say, and it's important that you hear it. And it's mm-hmm. also important that you know that we think about you. Topical, funny, uh, lighthearted. Adjectives. Adjectives thrown out there. So you're yeah. welcome. Yeah. And, it, hey, and be sure to like, like us or give us ratings or... Do something. Interact. 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 For God's sakes. We're interacting with you. You interact with us. We're only people. Yeah. I'm Bobby. I am Nathan. And hold on to your butts because... Holy buckets. It's a podcast. This could be a podcast. This could be a podcast. Fuck! No? That's it? No, it's a good enough leaping off point. Well, You know what I mean. I think the... So, getting back to vampires. No, I'm not going (laughs) to... Vampires have been added to the list. I'm gonna come of up with COVID three. vampires. What are, what other things are off topic for the podcast? I did listen to Salem's Lot, the Stephen King novel. Okay, and it was interesting. Uh, so I started watching. I'm not gonna take that bait. John no. Car- Carpenter's Vampires. No, no, that's on the list. <laughs> what are the other things that are off topic podcast topics? Because I know co- I don't know. COVID. Co- well, it's just, we argue about COVID too much. No, about too and then, much. Well, when we get on it, we well, don't you just, you, get off well, it because you sheeple. You, you can't get off. <laughs> destroyed. Sheeple. Are you a sheep or a sheep dog? I saw a guy uh, driving down the tr- down the street with a truck. Are you a sheep, sheep or a sheep, sheep dog? Sheep or sheep dog? And I'm like, <laughs> I dude. Can, can I be neither? How about the, yeah, right. Like, Is there a third option, please? There is a, like, I don't know. Yeah. No, it's just ridiculous. People are. I don't understand. I feel there's a third topic that we can't. That are like it's that, like the third a, rail. The third rail of podcast. It's vampires, COVID, and maybe uh, the listeners will have to help us out. But maybe music. No. Just the music industry. No, because I feel, I feel like we can. I you know I've said no. my piece. I, I feel like I you feel said it's on your the piece record multiple times. Copyright. Copy, I, I think, copyright. So I think it's just things I want to talk about. No, 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 no. Because no, COVID. Because no. Because I'll talk about COVID. here. We can add. We'll add music, copyright. I think it's, vampires it's and COVID mi- specifically. We can talk about music. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we just can't we talk can, about the music industry. Can't talk about the music industry. Okay. Music industry, copyright, COVID, and vampires. Off topic or off uh, limit topics. You want to talk about how Vampire Weekend got ruined because of COVID? <laughs> <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you did it. You did it. And they're in a messy copyright lawsuit. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there, there we go. Now we know. Got it. Uh, so I, I started watching uh, Prey, the, oh, uh, the Predator yeah. movie. Yeah, the new Predator movie. Yeah. We saw the trailer. And right. I was like, oh, that's that looks that looks good. I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm you know, a red-blooded American male. <laughs> yeah. I love the first Predator. It was a great movie. What about movie the second one with, da- with Danny, Danny Glover in the far off distant future of 1996? <laughs> yeah. I loved it. It was great. That was such a bold move. It, it was a very was like, bold move. That was like 1990? Yeah. Right? It came yeah. out in 1990. Yeah, they're like six years we're going to have laser guns for the, sure. The, the LAPD are going to have a very loose grasp of, you know, controlling the chaos, which is LA. Yeah. And they're going to do it with laser guns. Laser guns. All right. And they're going to be issued. They're just going to be standard issues. Standard laser issues. Not like a guns. secret, like we have one laser gun that we've no. successfully built. It's like, no. Danny Glover. Here you go. Still in a suit and tie. Yep. Running around with a fucking laser gun. Yeah. There's a world where Lethal Weapons, Danny Glover's character, and Predator 2, uh, Danny Glover's character, just kind of right. ships in the night. You know, they just go right by each other. I'm surprised they and, didn't bring it up in Lethal Weapon 4, quite frankly. Quite frankly. <laughs> 
at least Mel Gibson should have had a laser gun at some point. <laughs> right. Just be like, have I seen that before? That'd have been a funny joke. Uh, so I was, I was, I, was so like, I, I like the Predator character. I think it's a good idea for a, a you yeah. know, a horror movie or an action movie. You yeah. know, it's a good, it's a good monster movie. It's a good it's monster a movie monster for sure. Movie. And I haven't really followed up, you know, since Predator Two. I know that I a- think AVP. Did you I watch think AVP? I saw. I think I saw Alien vs Predator and being mildly like, okay, that wasn't bad. You know, I enjoyed. Uh, I didn't watch Alien vs Predator. I did watch Predators. Predators, yes. I did w- not watch that with Adrian Brody. I did not watch that. Was that all right? Yeah, it was. It was interesting. It was about a bunch of humans who are like predators in their own right, like killers, mm-hmm. it's just stone cold killers. Yep. Getting dropped off on an alien planet and trying to and being hunted by because there's multiple predator, right? Right. Right. Yeah. There's that's not just one singular predator. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I got so about prey. I, it's a new movie. So I was excited because I'm like, okay, cinematically it looks really good. Mm. It's it's an interesting take. Yeah. You know, First anytime time. the Native Americans are in the cool war paint, I mean that always looks really cool. That, that gets you. Well, yeah, I think it gets everybody. Quite honestly. Okay. All right. Anyway, that's why uh, you're a big Chief Wahoo guy. Well, it, that was not as tastefully done. <laughs> <laughs> but it does circle back to my point, though. Okay. All right. Um, Twenty minutes in, it's just so telegraphed. It is just here. Here is the plot of the movie in the first fifteen minutes, and we're just going to beat this to death for another sure. hour and a half here. By the way. And I couldn't get through it. I could. I was like, I mean, I don't know if it, I might go back to it just to see if I'm right, but I'm almost 100% I'm right. It literally starts off with this Native American girl, and she she says in different ways, and I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. within the first 20 minutes that I'm a really good hunter, and they won't let me go out on the hunt. Yeah. I'm a really good hunter, and they won't let me go on the hunt. Yeah. And then the juxtaposition between the Native American, I don't know if it's her brother or just one of the tribe, yeah. tribesmen, that are is telling her no, she can't go on the hunt, d- despite yeah. how good of a hunter she is. Um, he's speaking in just like perfect present day English, sure. and it's just it is so. The juxtaposition is just too off for me. He's he's in the full war paint and everything. Is like she speaking? Oh, yeah, she she's d- yeah, she's speaking English too. Which again, I get, but I'm also like, it. It's not even like broken English. It's not even kind of like we're gonna try to have an sure. accent a little bit, or we're gonna try to even period period piece. It's just like. No, you can't go out on the hunt because, you know, this is why you can't do it. And it's just so, it's so jarring when you're watching it. You're just like, oh, well, I'm yeah. not really disappearing into the characters. And I, here's what I'm going to guess happened. She ends up being hunted by the predator and has to hunt the predator. Yeah. And prove how good and strong of a woman she is so she can kill the predator. Yeah, it's setting up a story. No, it's, no, it's literally telling the story no, within well, the first 20 minutes. That's, well, that's ca- the first act. Bobby, I don't know if you know this about I movies. love how you're going to just be condescending to an <laughs> opinion you would agree with, by the way. I'd have to watch it. You would I, have to I watch it. I have debated watching that so far, but it's called setting it up. It's called painting it's, it, like setting up. There's a difference between setting it up and just telegraphing exactly what's going to happen to you for the next hour and 40 minutes. And to, con- to just suppose- her brother like, I hope a giant monster doesn't get you because if you came across <laughs> a giant monster you wouldn't be able to handle it because you're not strong like i am i want to say that they do talk about uh running into bears and okay. if you can't uh you can't handle a bear something like that does happen in the first 20 minutes okay anyway um, th- juxtapose that to watching the unbearable weight of massive talent which within the first five minutes i'm like this is such 
it's a, such an entertaining movie. Yep. I'm very happy that this movie has an hour and a half left of it, you know, or hour 40 well, minutes. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I don't want to overhype the unbearable weight of massive talent, but... I feel like you've told me I need to spend money on it. Yeah, you do need... So that's it's the worth pro- six that's, bucks. That's the problem. It's worth six bucks. You tell me I need to spend money, and mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Fuck. Really? Mm-hmm. Money? Well, if you got, if everyone out there, if you haven't seen the unbearable weight of massive talent, it's worth a $6 rent on Amazon, so... That's a hard sell for me these days. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was like, oh, do I need to watch this in theaters? Do I have to wait for it to be rental, or should I wait for it to be on Netflix? And every day, no, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Well, did you see what happened with the, the DC Batgirl movie <laughs> on HBO? <laughs> I, like, I am so curious about that. I am very curious I'm about very, that as well. I'm very curious about like how how broken it can be. How broken how broken can something be for it to be like a 90 million write-off? But also, 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 like... It w- ha- this was totally done in such a way where it's not like well clearly, let's, let's clearly let's, let's explain clearly let's okay. explain to people what happened in case they're not aware there is a completely shot movie it's not done it's not edited it's not edited it doesn't have a vfx done yeah there are versions though that have been screen tested it's been they, they've, they've been screened and that it's it's been totally shot. It's been it's got a rough cut of it already. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers looked at it, looked at the numbers coming back from the screenings and said, nah. Shelf it. Shelf it. Let's just, we're done. I don't want to sink another fucking dime in this. Mm-hmm. It's not going anywhere. They spent even, $90 million on even it. Even on to our free streaming, no, I mean, even to put it on our streaming service yeah. that we don't have to like necessarily market a lot mm-hmm. to. Um, but it's not even worth it to finish it up. So not even enough, good enough for that. And one of the justifications for shelving it was that the the return on the investment of the ninety million dollars would be almost impossible to recoup streaming only. You, right. The distribution chain of going through the theater and the that's price gone. point all that's gone. You, well, yeah. clearly with this movie, it's yeah. gone. Uh, as Maverick has proven that. Uh, yeah. Depending on the movie, the theaters are still alive. People still go see it. Which kind of w- goes to my point, though, too, is if you keep, if you show people something that is not just CG'd out to death, I think it'll be more refreshing and they'll be more willing to go spend money and see it because it's just something you don't see every day. Yeah. So, and I haven't seen Maverick. I'm going to make a point to see it before the summer's out because I, I don't expect it to be great, but I expect it to be entertaining. But sure. But I think it was an interesting point that they made about the Batgirl thing that the streaming budget does just categorically has to be different just because you're not getting the same kind of distribution mechanism. Right. You're competing against right. everything it's, it's, else. It's, that's t- being it's totally different. Yeah. I, I think like when it, at the end of the day, this is a full on accounting thing and oh, yeah. no, like this is done for accounting purposes. Mm-hmm. Well, we could go ahead and we can put another 10 million into this, right. get it to where it needs to be. So it's not laughable. And then we can put it on HBO Max and just call it a day. Or we can say, this is not good enough. We have officially lost $90 million. Mm -hmm. And that's now money we don't have to pay taxes on. In fact, we've lost money that's going to inch our way closer to making zero money overall as a company. And that way we can only pay taxes on the $1 profit we actually make. Yeah, or if you take it all as loss, but it's all loss. Yeah, so uh, you know me, Nathan and I are both tax guys. We understand 
the law. I, listen, know, we get it. We get after it. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm uh, a licensed CPA. I I am. I'm saying that you are a licensed CPA. Don't tell people I'm a licensed CPA. <laughs> no, that's what. See, I'm not, but you are. You're the one that talks about being a trained physician <laughs> on the, most of this podcast. I am not a licensed. I'm not saying I'm a licensed CPA. What's the difference between a CPA but, and a physician? You know what is the well, no no doubt no doubt that no, well here's the, it so one actually deals with the human body that's the physician. <laughs> uh, so I, I do think yes there ha- there actually has to be some financial benefit or some cost to uh, cost benefit ratio they, yeah that is going on here. I also think the other thing too, which I really want to get to the bottom of, which is all speculation without seeing the movie, okay. but. I want to know what the uh, the screen test said. I want to know how it came. How back. bad? It, how bad it is? Because Warner Brothers has taken some pretty big clunkers, especially in the realm of superhero movies. Ooh, they really see. haven't done anything. They, well. they don't have one. They don't have one. Meaning when Suicide, when they redid what Suicide Squad with Idris Elba and the they, se- second, the second seconds. one, not the Will yeah, Smith. I didn't version. watch it. I didn't watch it. I watched it only because the uh, what was the. Um, John Cena HBO Max show that they came out. Um, uh, what, what the Peacemaker. 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 That that was I. I enjoyed Peacemaker. I thought like, oh okay, this yeah. seems tonally more like Deadpool. You know, in that kind of sure, vein. Sure. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll give I'll give the movie a shot. Fuck it. I think my I think my uh, my back was all messed up. Then I was just laying in bed for a couple days. I guess this is good enough. I guess it's good enough. Well, hey, if you're gonna waste time in bed, you might as well. Might as well watch shitty. Watch. I don't want to say Peacemaker was shitty. Now the movie Suicide Squad was nothing to write home about. Like the and like the first one or the second one. The second one, the Idris Elba one. Yeah, the second. One. The first one was so bad. And they're all so so for Warner Brothers to be like, so hey guys. And I don't know. I, they did have a. Um, I think they did have a, a power shift. I think there was some new people that took it over. Right. So right. I, I do think that's kind of a cleaning house. Like some people just coming in and being like, "Guys, we can't keep doing this. These movies fucking suck. <laughs> like we can't. You get. You're just throwing it at the wall again, expecting a different result. And, right. And the best result, the best review we've ever gotten from a movie was that at least it was better than the first time that they dared meh. to do it. And it was still meh. Meh. It doesn't even hold a candle to. Guardians of the Galaxy, or you know, any name, any Marvel movie. It's a ridiculous. It's a ridiculous situation that's happening over there. I cannot. But I do want to be a fly on the wall in the screen test and be like, because I do think didn't they did they make Batgirl queer? Was she was she on the LGBT? I think that was or is that speculation? I think that was the so there was a WB excuse me CW Mm -hmm. program which was Batgirl. And yeah. I think she. Well, this she, is Batgirl too. She was. I think she was. This is not Batwoman. Queer, mm-hmm. in that. Uh, what's what's her name? Um, I just wonder how heavy-handed they went with that. She's, not that there's anything wrong with that. The classic. The, you ever see that Seinfeld episode where they keep talking? They keep. Have talking I seen about, that Seinfeld? They episode. keep talking about homosexuals oh, and they're I've really uncomfortable that. about it. And they say like, not that there's anything wrong about it. Yeah. I've seen that episode. Oh well, good. It's, I was gonna say. If you haven't seen that episode, you should go right now and watch that. Because it is a funny joke that's beaten into the ground Bobby. for about a half hour. Oh, it's a fine episode. <laughs> it's a fine episode. It's a fine episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm just like, you shit. It's I'm, like, uh, I wouldn't even say it's one of the worst Seinfeld episodes. It's, it's not. A, it's a good episode. 
What's on your phone? What's what's going on here? Nathan's well, just, just sitting here like FaceTiming people on well, his phone. Well, when my wife texts me. What'd your wife text you? She went to a place uh, to go eat dinner and then find out that they're known for their pizzas and that they don't cook pizza on Tuesday. Can you imagine a pizza restaurant? Well, what place did she go to eat pizza that doesn't make pizza on Tuesdays? Let's, let's shout them out. Don't shame them because they're good. It's Grumpy Troll. Okay. And beautiful. Verona? Belvedere, I believe. Is it Belvedere? No, it's not Belvedere. So did she go up there solely? No, they went up, they did a trip up to Madison. Who's they? My wife and three of my children. You gotta say it like Borat. Actually, I don't like saying it like Borat because that's Borat's thing. I don't want to, I don't want to take, steal Borat's thunder. Right. No, uh, I think DC is rid- it's ridiculous. It's absurd how they're not. You're just gonna to gloss over your wife's road trip. No, well, yeah, she was. She went up to Madison to go to the ballet store mm-hmm. for my son to get ballet stuff because mm. there's a whole store. That there's can, multiple stores. There's multiple ballet stores. Yes, interesting. In Madison, interesting. Wisconsin. Because all this stuff was way more interesting than talking about DC that you had to, you know. <laughs> No, I was Look like, at your phone. when my wife texts me th- four times in a row, and it's like, is this an issue? And what does she want you to do? She want you to like call no, them and just, tell them no, to make she's pizza? She's just informing. I don't know why. She's just venting. Just I don't know. letting you know. She's that. just letting me know. That's okay. She wants to be me to be a part of her life, and that's mm. what that's what it is. It's also, <laughs> uh, you know, it, so it is Tuesday. So why did did she ask why they I don't, don't make pizza on Tuesdays? I was trying to read the text, but he's trying to hassle me, so <laughs> I can't. I can't really. Well, I'm trying to divert my attention to both, mm-hmm. and you know what that means. I can't. I'm doing both shittily. Well, yeah, exactly. So give <laughs> your full okay, attention. Hold on, full attention. Give your full attention to the podcast or the fucking text. One of the two. I'd prefer you to give your attention to the podcast. So, but here he is. He's just reading texts from his wife. So they went to a different place. Oh wow! Pizza. Nathan is a natural storyteller, so called Pip Pop Pizza. Okay, it's let's get just, back to and DC it's just movies. a dude making pizzas, and he's just working his ass off. That's what she said. That's okay. what she she wanted me to know. Gotcha. About she's painting a picture. She's painting a picture. She's yeah. like, fifteen orders well, that, ahead of ours, but he's just going hard. Well, that guy realized that in that area there was definitely a <laughs> void in the market for pizza a void on the market. Tuesdays. Pip Pop Pizza. That's, okay. I don't know how I feel about that name. So. DC is a shit show, it, but yeah, I I don't know. It, like, can you really? Is it characters? I don't think. I think it's. I think it had to be something something along the lines of a mixture of all those things. I think there was a financial mm-hmm. uh, incentive to shelve it. Clearly, otherwise, why would you piss away the ninety million like you did? Right. I also think there was a. If we're really going to make a change, we have to start making a change, kind of thing. And this is not the change we're looking for, no. kind of thing. And it clearly didn't test well. I mean, because if it tested well, th- we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be in the situation. I do think it was interesting how they went with the like the purple and yellow like outfit for her. I thought that was nice. But as a Minnesota Viking fan, I was really a, excited. I was really excited you know? about it. I'm like, I want to. I want to see. You know. Uh no, I don't give a shit about Batgirl at all. So I think I'm more like I'm more interested in seeing a breakdown of the financials of how this works. Yeah. Like that's what I'm interested in. That's what in. I want. Not I want the, a documentary. Not the intrigue of of this. I mean maybe it's maybe it's like uh Heart of Darkness, the mm-hmm. that documentary a little bit. What's Apocalypse the, what's, now? Yeah, what's the one about about Dial Island of Dr. Monroe that was really good. Oh. That di- there's a documentary about like just how much of a shit show it was. Hmm. Val Kilmer just like being ridiculous, like you gotta learn your was, lessons the hard way. Sometimes he was, he was coming in hot, 
He was coming in hot. He was uh, being a little bit of a diva. Yeah. I mean, it was like right after he got done playing Batman. Mm-hmm. Or was just offered Batman. I can't remember which one it was. Was that before Heat? Yeah, that must have been. Mm-hmm. Or right around. Around Heat, maybe. I don't remember. Anyhow. He was hot. Yeah, he was He was hot. Look, we can all agree. He was Val g- Kilmer in he was the a hot property early to mid-90s was a, was a hot ticket. It was a really interesting documentary. And the director was, he'd, he'd done a movie called Hardware, Hardwire, mm-hmm. Haywire. Which was like kind of a weird cyberpunk, mm-hmm. cyberpunk kind of movie. Which was it was it was interesting. Like cyberpunks are my favorite kind of punk, by the way. It was uh, starring Dylan, Dylan McDermott, or yeah, Dylan McDermott was in it. He was yeah, he's a classic punk. cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. it's it a really interesting cyberpunk movie yeah. about like a robot going crazy. Anyhow, you've seen it before. Yeah. Super cheap. And the guy, I think he was a Brazilian or a Spanish. Or yeah. I can't remember. What's your favorite cyberpunk band? My favorite cyberpunk band. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was. Uh, I like floppy drive a lot. No, th- it was like 88, 88 gigs plus one or something like oh, that. They were good too. They had some good singles. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> but yeah, it was like a director who had no business directing a very large budget. Like it was back in the day where it's like, oh, you had a somewhat successful and innovative mm-hmm. independent movie. Well, why don't we just give you like a hundred and fifty million dollar budget? And you can just go crazy. But it's it's shocking how often that does happen, though. I mean that I mean that is the progression. I was just listening to the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" it's podcast, and they were talking about, I think it was season, must have been season three or four. The director they had um, all throughout that season mainly mm-hmm. went on like immediately after that to start doing like Game of Thrones, and oh, he went Mad Men, Game of Thrones. Uh, now he's doing like the um, uh, what was the multiverse one or. Uh, WandaVision. That's Wanda what I'm trying to oh, okay. Anyway, so yeah. again, we, when you're going to apply for jobs, you're like, well, I've directed a whole season of It's Always Sunny. Can I do <laughs> Mad Men or Game of Thrones? Can I do Game of Thrones? Can we go? Like, well, okay, I, I guess. So you're going from a single camera shoot to multi-camera, you know, on-set locations. Gigantic, gigantic productions. Yeah, sure. Whatever, you know. Yeah, it's fine. But it worked. It worked out for him. So you're seeing the other side yeah. of that. Yeah. Hey, it's fine. I think we've, it's a standard practice. We've got one of the hottest stars in Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood history legend Marlon Brando, uh, mm-hmm. who's notoriously difficult to work with. And uh, Michael Douglas, no, isn't he? No, Michael am I thinking da- Ghost of the Dark? Ghost You're thinking of the Ghost of the Darkness. That's one I've of. been debating rewatching that for a long time too, just because it's always there. Gotcha. So, okay, yes, yes. Now I got the yes. Island of Doctor Monroe, He's where the, the concept of Little Me, yeah, like Mini Me, came about, and okay. that was all. That was all Marlon Brando. That oh. was all Marlon Brando. It was like. Hey, I just want a guy. guy. I just want a little guy kind of looks like me, just uh-huh. following me around a little bit. Is he? He got like sunscreen on or some kind of powder? Yeah, he's like yeah. coated like in weird white makeup. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, I'll just it's fine. I know this little. I got this little Filipino guy here. Um, he's hanging out with me. Can he? I'm just gonna have him just pretend to be this little miniature version of myself. Okay. Yeah. Can we? I'm just. We're just doing. We're that. just exploring <laughs> genetics and having fun. We're just like Elon Musk. We're just having fun but, with genetics. But he just. He's just like. He just said, "That's what we're doing." Uh-huh. And they're like, uh. Like, you can't tell him no. I guess. I, I guess we'll just. He doesn't have any lines. He's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Marlon Brando's. Thing just, was, did he get paid? 
I don't know if he's one of the extras or, or what. And then also, like, so the director's like, oh, I found the most beautiful part. This is the most beautiful, like, island in the middle of the South Pacific. It's so beautiful. This mm-hmm. is my favorite. This particular valley, I love the shit out of it. We're filming fucking here. We're filming fucking here? We're filming fucking here. I'm sure there well, was some. With Marlon Brando with and Marlon this Brando small Filipino boy. Philippi- and they're like, then, like, they went back. They're like, oh, getting ready to just really ramp up pre-production. Like, hey, you know, like, this has, like, rain, like, 89% of the days. Like, and it's not just, like, here and there. It's, like, it's going to dump for, like, six hours every day for 90% of days in existence. Mm-hmm. And then we're going during the rainy season. Yeah. He said, this is what happened with no, the no, cyberpunk no, no. movie. He's like, listen, we're, we're filming here. This is it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a horrible shit show yeah. it's yeah and then the production got sometimes those are more entertaining than the movie it was, uh, right. so you're saying we want to have one of those i want to have that girl. except for like maybe a forensic accounting version of it like th- it's going to come out in 30 that's the years new, that's the next progression of like true crime <laughs> podcasts is like everyone's going to get super deep diving into the we're accounting gonna deep dive into the numbers <laughs> we're going gonna, into the numbers we're going to go into the numbers back to going this pizza the game here um <laughs> No, that, that would that would be an interesting thing because we just got done. Uh, my wife, uh, we watched the, um, uh, the the thing about Pam, the Renee Zellweger broadcast television show miniseries. Oh yeah, that was based on a podcast, which I feel is the progression of a lot of these true crime podcasts. Is the the fingers crossed we get fingers a TV crossed, show made? Up, get a TV show, TV out, show out of this? Thing. Maybe a movie. Who's who's to say? Who's to say? Right, the yeah. sky's the limit when you just talk about people that yeah. obviously didn't or did murder somebody. Sure. Yeah, which is all true crime is, right? Did you see the new like that? Not you haven't seen it, but the B.J. Novak movie. Uh, no, I've Vengeance. I've heard about it. It's about him going, but like going to a small town in Texas because he was invited to go to a girl he used to hook up with in college to uh, go to her funeral because she died mm-hmm. and uh she told them that they were like a like really and had a long-term relationship and they just hooked up multiple times throughout college mm-hmm. and uh then she died and her brother's like she wasn't she didn't get get killed by meth she was she was murdered mm-hmm. and he's like oh i'm struggling for a story idea so i'm gonna make this into a like true crime podcast because that's hot right now and it's bj novak interesting and he wrote and directed and is starring in, which I feel like is a dangerous. It's a dangerous trifecta. <laughs> it's a dangerous. I've said this about B.J. Novak for a while. His hubris is very large. So oh, yeah. he's. You've said that. Oh yeah, yeah. B.J. Novak thinks B.J. Novak is very good at being B.J. Novak. Yeah. Yeah, but most people are like, I don't think so. I'm. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, he like wrote I, the, he wrote the o, did he write the OK book? Mm-hmm. Like, oh. He wrote the book with no colors. The book with no colors. That's yeah. What, the okay. No, no I think he's a great writer. I do think he's a great, funny writer. I just think I was, you know me. I love The Office very much. Yeah. And it's very clear that they wanted him to be a bigger character in the early part of the show, and the audience just never fucking cared. No. At all. And because the opposite ended up happening with Ed Helms. Ed Helms was just supposed to be a one off. Yeah, one off. You know, a couple episodes and everything, and. The audience loved him, which I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, I think Andy's character is whatever. We don't need to get into dissecting the office characters. Nardug. Nardug. But you can clearly see that, like, they're pushing, like, he's in the opening credits when he's not even, like, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he's still, like, sure. third, fourth build after, you know, after Jim and yeah. uh, uh, Michael and everything. They want to keep him around. They want to keep him around. It's like, 
I know, and I know he wrote. I know he was a big part of the writing team and everything like that, which is probably yeah. has a lot to do with it. But it's like, well, I think the America, I think America has, or you know, the public has spoken. You know, yeah. But anyway, that shouldn't stop him from doing anything. B.J. Novak, friend of the show, he can he can do whatever he wants. I've heard him talk on Clubhouse for about five seconds. So, oh, remember Clubhouse? Yeah. And again, this is a thing that BJ Novak would get into. Remember Clubhouse? Is there a way that I could just talk to people and they would listen because I'd be the biggest celebrity on the platform? It's called a well on a platform. Yeah. Hey, just remember, yeah, yeah. As we record ourselves talking to each other on a platform, if only we who's were the, the big? Are you the biggest celebrity <laughs> on this platform <laughs> between the, the two of us? Are we the big? Am I the biggest celebrity? Fuck, you might be. I don't know. That's a good question. I am a you know pseudo legendary guitar player in the uh, the tri state area. You were Dubuque's seventh best guitar player, <laughs> on, like uh, unofficially, <laughs> unof- unofficially. Unofficially, I, I feel I'm number one. But <laughs> you're yeah. number one in a lot of hearts, Bobby. But mm-hmm. according to all of the criteria, let's just say when I show up to a place, people are like, "Oh, you playing music here today?" <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that. Let's just say I've got the era of someone who plays music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even when I'm in Nashville. Even when I'm in Nashville. People say, oh, uh, oh, you're here to see Rusty Boggins? <laughs> you're not here to see, of all the people you're here to say they're here to see Rusty Boggins, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be fucking you. Well, that actually kind of happened to us. Uh, yeah, we that's, we, that's were, we oh. were, when we were driving back from our, our rain and road trip, uh, we stopped in Louisville, Kentucky on the way back. Gorgeous. Kind of. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, uh, we were we were struggling to find a place to just get some food. It was Sunday, and I guess you can consider it the South. But um, that wasn't just a whiskey bar. There's a lot of whiskey there. Oh, And I'm not a huge whiskey guy. You know, It's me. not bourbon? It is bourbon. There was a lot of bourbon rooms, a lot of whiskey. There's a lot of that stuff. You don't like dark-colored liquor? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Yeah, I, I I'm the same way for the most part. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. I just wanted a beer and some food. And actually, when we had been drinking way too much anyway, so when I had a beer, I was like, I think I'm good. Vacation, vacation, yeah. Anyway, so we're standing around trying to look at you know there was I don't know the area either, so I don't know what first off what's if the I can, cool places and if I can walk three blocks in this general direction and it's fine, you know. It's just era it, stuff stuff like that, and then also yeah. things were closing because it was Sunday. Anyway, this guy like walks up to me. He's like, he's like, you uh, you seen Billy Strings? And I'm like, no. He said, I, I'm sorry. He said, are you guys here for the concert? And I'm like, uh, no, no. And he's like, oh man, you're not here. You're not here for the concert, man. You guys got to go, man. It's gonna be great. I'm really surprised you're not, you guys aren't going to the concert. I'm like, who? Well, who's playing? He's like, oh, Billy Strings, man. I'm like, oh, who's that? He's like, oh, you don't know who Billy Strings is? Oh man, he's a great bluegrass player and everything with that, man. It'd be, I'm really surprised, man. You look like, I mean, if it was if I was random on the street, I would think that, man, you for sure would be going to the uh, Billy Strings concert. And I'm like, you know. You just have that air. I'm one of the last kind of people in the world, I guess, that you could l- say that to and then they won't be mildly offended. You know, that, oh, you look like a guy. You that look would like, like a guy who would enjoy bluegrass, bluegrass music. music. Exactly. <laughs> and he said, and to his credit. He's and it wasn't the first time this has happened, but uh, that somebody's accused you of liking, of liking bluegrass. bluegrass. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, I bet you'd like that kind of music, wouldn't you? I bet you? you would like that. No, music. I don't actually. I find it, you know, grating. No, um, it's beautiful. It can be. It's fine, but it's not the blues for sure. So I like mm, it more than blues. the blues. Oh, you got to add the grass. What to about ragtime? No, 
No. Where's ragtime? Although that all is better than Irish Celtic music. You don't like it, which is ridiculous. To his point, though, to his credit, though, he did make the point of saying, I know I don't look like the guy that would go see a Billy Strings concert, and you look like a guy that would. If we were to uh, randomly ask people on the street, who do you think is going to see the Billy Strings concert, they would pick me. So he did you know, qualify it with that, which I appreciated. But Who do you think is better, Rusty Boggins or Billy Strings? Uh, Wh- which one sounds more made up, <laughs> by the way? One of them is Geppetto distinct. Hopper, though man. Geppetto he, Hopper. He is. He's one of a kind. Oh, Geppetto Hopper. Yeah. So no, what? and then I, and then I, of course, and I get a notification for Lollapalooza, and it's like Billy Strings is headlining the Saturday night at Lollapalooza. I'm like, what the, what the fuck, fuck is, is going, going on? on? Who's Billy who, Strings? Who is this Billy Strings character? And so is Billy like he's a real guy. he's a real person headlining Lollapalooza. Yeah, I think he was second build on Saturday night. Yeah, That's I was like, uh. Okay, well, okay. that's also odd as well. And but then you drove right to Lollapalooza. <laughs> I drove to right really to Lollapalooza. Really see Billy Strings. Yeah, I was like, I need to get in there. Don't I look like a guy? I look like a guy. Come on, sell me a ticket. Speaking of concerts and festivals. Oh, you want to get into that? Woodstock '99, man. Let's do it. That Woodstock '99. Did you watch it all in one sitting? Uh, or did you break it up? Uh, it was like a setting and a half, I think. Gotcha. I think yeah. I st- I fell I fell asleep halfway through the third second oh, episode, could and, you? Then, and then I woke because it was like a one o'clock at night. I think. Oh, so, so it's like uh, you got to power through. Uh, I woke up when the, I was talking to a mutual episode. friend of ours who did who started it at one o'clock. And he's like, I'll just watch an episode, and then he ended up staying up till four, four? watching it. Yeah. Oh, anyway, okay. it's a natural it's, storytelling. It's really good. Oh, like, it's really good. Oh, it was just like how much how. All of the wrong choices. I'm a big fan of just seeing somebody make all of the wrong choices. That's why I enjoy things like Breaking Bad and Mad Men. Just people who are just constantly just backing themselves into a corner. I like it much more in this documentary style instead of the fictional narrative. Because when it's, you know, when you're you're more documenting or, you know, a, a retrospect of all the things that clearly we're going wrong or we're going to go wrong right. and, and then the right. other thing i know we've talked about before is like the amount of footage they had was fantastic it was absurd um, like between the between the pay-per-view broadcasts yeah. and then the one gal behind the scenes it's just like oh, well wow. the amount of people that you know the found footage i right. thought was interesting as well but i remember because that was like the the year that i really got into music that was my freshman year of high school like, uh, fred durst knows what's up no 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 i have i've Always hated Limp Bizkit, and I will never defend them. For some reason, I slight I not slightly. For some reason, I enjoyed Faith. I thought that was like a really, mm. like I wasn't a fan of the of the George Michael version, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh well, this is this is fun. Well, you take a song, you put it on its head, yeah, and then also it, it was fine li- weightlifting music. That that's what it was. Like mm-hmm. you listen to well. System of a Down and. Let's not lump Sistema down in with no, Limp right. Bizkit, okay? And Rage and Corn, mm-hmm. you know, all of those guys and Limp Bizkit. And the new metal world was a, a good predecessor to emo where you are labeled this thing that you weren't aware you technically were. were? And now it's going to be a thing that's going to follow you around until you shake sure. it off your back. Sure. You know, and it's not a good thing. It's something that a magazine or MTV came up with, you know, as a way to describe it. New metal. No one describes themselves as new metal with umlauts over the U of new, you know, like <laughs> that was a marketing decision. I'm sure. Oh, I don't think seven dust came up with it. And they're like, you know what? We figured it out, guys. We are new metal. We're not metal. 
Yeah. Or new metal. Yeah. But let's spell it stupid. <laughs> let's spell it really stupid. Like we're like a some kind of application or website in 2022. Yeah. Okay, we just need to spell <laughs> exactly. it dumb. All right? <laughs> and for that's that, they it. were uh, way ahead of their time. They're so ahead of their we time. We make an app that's called New Metal. <laughs> but we got to spell it stupid. That's the trick, yeah. guys. That's the whole trick. spell it dumb. Yep. If we don't spell it dumb, people won't know it's a website. <laughs> All right? <laughs> that's the they won't take it seriously they if they think we know how to spell. If they think we know how to spell... With proper grammar, mm-hmm. they'll think we're a scam. Well, and I think going back to the Woodstock, the the beauty of the first Woodstock was that it was supposed to be a gathering of people for peace and love. And I really do believe that was why the the bands were showing up. They weren't showing up for the money. I, I don't yeah. believe that was the case. And then they were flooded because of the lack of... Um, like really strong information to get it out there. I mean, they could they couldn't understand right. the totality amount of people that were going to be there in the first place. It wasn't, and planned. so and then it grew. You know, within even with like the the festival itself, yeah. it kept growing and growing and growing. But there was definitely, and I think they kind of highlighted a little bit in that that three part documentary that there was like a food pantry that you could go to that you could eat, yeah. and they didn't throw your water bottles out when you got there and shit like that. And it really was. <sighs> Peace, love, and everyone just you know, kind of like a commune, getting along, and yeah. you know, enjoying the time. Clearly, there was a lot of the same style debauchery going on. A lot of naked people. I'm sure there was a lot of sex. I'm, I'm sure, sure there was a lot of public sex. I'm sure there was less uh, EDM music, uh, house music being played. But, I don't know. But you get Joni Mitchell on after midnight, and you'd be surprised. She'll make you fuck. How much? How much rape do you think there was at the original Woodstock? I mean, it's like a less of, rape. Let's there just go ahead, Let's rape. just say there's we less can rape. We categorically say there was less rape. It's hard to say there was no rape. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on the record and say that there was probably some rape. There was probably some rape. Yeah. But yeah, but we're well, not Woodstock '99. And we, can we get the official? Do we ever get the official number? How many people went to the first Woodstock? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Let's see, because that I mean, they they said two hundred fifty thousand. So, how many people went to the first Woodstock? Do you have a critique of my Google search here? Or That's very well put together. Estimated twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. So, so a hundredfold. <laughs> yeah. You know, add that, <laughs> add that. You're going to have more rapes no matter what. And know? more concrete. Just the, yeah. Like, well, and that's, this goes to my point that I was trying to make here that, that the first one was so organic and beautiful and like, oh, yeah, it, it's almost impossible to recreate right. it. I mean, we're sitting here in Dubuque, Iowa. Dyersville, Iowa is 20 minutes down the road where the Field of Dreams baseball game is going to yes. happen. For all intents and purposes, or however the hell you like all to say, all intensive purchases. Purchases, all right. The first Field of Dreams game was a scripted movie. I mean, it, 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 it was could ridic- not have gone it better. It was ridiculous. It was heavily commercialized, but in, in, in any way that it's something can be organic and broadcast to the masses, as, as far as I the, think it was. As far as the game, like the game itself, yeah. like the actual game, like it was, dare I say, magical. Yeah. Like that was a, a really interesting way. It was, it, was, it was scripted almost to the point where it's almost scripted. Yeah. Know? And so- to be able to replicate that, even the feel is going to be incredibly difficult, difficult, if not impossible. Because right. now everyone's expectations are this, right? So mm-hmm. them taking off this much time between Woodstock and then 94, like there was just too much time. Now the world has changed three or four times over, you know, yeah. as oh, far yeah. as like 
not only the musical taste of everybody, but like <laughs> right. I, money is different now, you know, than it was back in money. 1969. Money. It's different. Uh, I, what I think was interesting was that they completely, not completely glossed over, but they glossed over fairly quickly. Oh, hey, Woodstock 1994, Woodstock 2. Yeah. That they just lost their fucking shirts on. Yeah. Why? Okay. Well, it sounds like you're a shitty promoter. Like, Be- Because the first one wasn't about trying to make money. That's right. That's why. But the, the second, first, but the second one, the first one was successful because of all the things that came after Woodstock, all the merchandising, all that different shit that they were able to do. And you're living on. Right. It's it's, I guess, kind of similar to like Elon Musk and PayPal. Like Elon Musk didn't invent PayPal. He was just no. part of the team of he PayPal. But he gets to like, you know, get bought out and get the PayPal money and then, mm-hmm. you know, right. go off carte blanche and do whatever. And he's just an agent of chaos now, I think. But uh, we won't go down that path. But this guy, this promoter that passed yeah. away, whatever the hell his name was. Um, but what? No. But Woodstock two in nineteen ninety four. Woodstock two nineteen ninety four is an exact example of like this thing could never make money in the way that you originally had. Yeah. Well, it can be a different festival. You think it was actually profitable? Like the first? No. No, there's no way. No, it made money though off after the fact, after selling the fact. Woodstock merchandise right. and selling and all that license, different shit. Yeah, licensing all that. Yeah, the the movie that they made probably made more money than the actual festival itself. Right. So, and he had licensing to all of that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, in that thirty, well, in that twenty five years until nineteen ninety four, they were able to do a lot. Twenty five. That's what I said. Twenty five. It's 25 years and then another 30 to 1999. That's what I said. I said by the time they got to 1994, he had made all that money from yeah, the merchandising sure. of Woodstock and everything like that. That, yeah, he looked like a genius. And like, yeah, we're just going to do this again here. And it's like, well, okay. The same thing happened in 94 that happened in 1969. People just started breaking down the showing fences up. and showing up. Like, right. oh, the weather wasn't good. Well, the weather wasn't good at the first one either. And, yeah. you know. So this one was just, and they, I think they reference it too, but like they make, they brought in the dude that's like, I put on massive events and shit like that. All right. This is what I do. I've been to many a festival. I am, uh, you know, I spent many years going to festivals. I'm a connoisseur. I've been to many of them. You've been Bonnaroo like a thousand times. Bonnaroo a thousand times. It's only happened, been going on since, you know, the mid nineties, but you know, been there a thousand times. A thousand times of Bonnaroo. A thousand times of Bonnaroo. No, I've been to small festivals i've been to uh big festivals i i remember the there was a festival that happened up in eau claire wisconsin where bonavar is from oh. um bonavar very successful uh musician indie musician won a grammy for album of the year i believe in 2010 maybe 11 sure. anyway once you win an album of the year you're, you're carte done. blanche you can do whatever the fuck you want to do really you're carte blanche you have carte blanche to do whatever the hell you want to do okay. you know you can do you can put on a music festival in Eau Claire and invite your friends who are also talented musicians sure. to come and play. You can get big names to come to Eau Claire, Wisconsin for the first time in their lives. Beautiful. Right. So the first year I go, this festival has been going on a little bit. And the first year I went, the I went one day and I saw Feist into Paul Simon into Wilco. Those were the three. They played those three bands right in a row. Wow. And I was like, well, fuck, that's a hell of a. That's a good lineup. That's a good one, two, three punch right there. Yeah. And like, and the, in the, I forget the uh, the other days. It was a three day festival. I forget the other days, but impressive, impressive lineup. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish I could stay for more of this, but I can't. You know. 
I'm Old like, how are chain. how are they making how are they making money? You know, or like they can't be making a ton of money with these kind of acts. I mean, get Paul Simon to come and play a set, even by himself, is yeah, going to be a lot of fucking money, right? And and so the next year it was surprise lineup. Okay, it's going to be a surprise lineup, <laughs> and so we were like, I I trust him. Hey, they had a good they had a good card last year. It's going to be it's got probably going to be incredible. Actually, is what it's probably yeah. going to be. And I, I know I probably told this on the podcast before. I don't remember if you have. But we, we buy tickets. We show up. And you, you, don't, even, you don't know who's going to be there until you get the booklet. The booklet at a festival is very big. So to oh, know yeah. like where things are, know who's playing where, they give descriptions of the bands and everything like that if you haven't heard of them. It's just kind of like your, your general guide okay. for the uh, festival. So they give you the, the guide. And we were probably one of the first like 100 people in. And this festival was probably maybe 10,000. First 100? First couple hundred in for oh, sure. Oh wow! Look at you. Yeah, good because we want to get there. You're excited. I was excited. I just paid four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars per ticket. Per eight hundred. Is it you and your wife? Yeah, it's me and my $800 wife. Eight hundred dollars per ticket. Eight hundred dollars for a four day music festival. And so I'm like, okay, this the is gonna camp. be great. Uh, we had no. We were staying in a hotel. We weren't even. There was, was camping no camping. In? There was no camping. I don't believe. No camping. So oh. we're like, okay, four hundred bucks. I mean, in Bonnaroo's, roughly around that. Bonnaroo's That's rough, how much Bonnaroo is. Yeah, roughly around that. But again, when you cut, like the last time we went to Bonnaroo, we saw the headliners were Paul McCartney, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Wilco. Um, Who's the first night? George Mumford Wallace. and Sons were supposed to be there. Um, was Jack Johnson. It was Jack. I was fine with that. I forget the there was, but basically, if you look at it, like the three headline or the four headliners of each night, if you would pay a hundred dollars to go see that band, it's kind of worth it because in the undercard, you know, that's all gravy, you know, so everything. So we saw, you know, Wilco literally open up for Paul McCartney. Okay, that's worth two hundred dollars to me. Yeah, that's you yeah, get you get me. You. Yeah, for me, that's why every festival is different. So we're like four hundred bucks. Okay, we'll. That it's I'm sure it's gonna be great. We get in there, we get the booklet, we open up the booklet, not recognizing a goddamn band at all. Like I'm, I'm just hoping like base level, like Bonavar would play, because they'd be like, oh, that'd be great. I, I've never seen him before. I'm flipping through it like Pussy Riot. Oh, Pussy Riot's headlining the first night of the festival. Fuck that, goddamn it! And then <laughs> flipping through, and it's like, uh, the National was the band that Bonavar was friends with. Yeah. So the National was playing. So he got his friend to play in the festival. Don't really care. Not worth the price of admission right now. I'm more of a cursive man. And then the national guy in Bonavar had a band that they put together, a new band that was going to headline one of the nights. And it's like, Jeez. those are the three bands. Or those are like, I mean, there was a bunch of other bands and DJs and shit like that and that I'd never fucking heard before. And I'm like, I was so dejected and you could kind of sense it around the because everyone's getting the booklet at the same time like flipping through they're trying to figure out and a lot of people are trying to be super positive about it. like oh my god did you see oh pussy ride's gonna be here. like yeah i don't care i don't fucking, like i don't you don't care about pussy i don't ride. want to, uh, you know i don't i don't care and if it's fine if they were there they just they're not a headlining band i don't know why you know you would have that and so we're like, all right, we'll try to be positive. Let's go check out the first band playing, you know. And we get up, and they start, they're just all sitting in chairs kind of playing. And after they get done with their first song, they're like, yeah, so we, uh, it's been really fun. We just got together for the first time uh, earlier this week, and this is actually our first show playing together. So uh, thanks, guys, so much for being Jeez. a part of it. 
And they were not the only band to say that, by the way. <laughs> there were so many bands were like, yeah, we just threw together a few tunes here and everything like that. So thanks, guys, for joining us. I'm like, we've been fucking hoodwinked. We've been like, they weren't making any money on yeah. that festival. Yeah. And they had a marketing ploy to get to people be, all to the pay. Mics. To pay. Yeah. I mean, the festivals never happened after that. I was going to say, is this still it's going? Gone. It's nope. gone, right? It's gone. And that's because... They were like, we will do a, we couldn't get anybody, can't afford it. Like, I'm sure that festival made money because everyone paid normal prices and then had nothing, <laughs> nothing th- that was delivered. So most festivals take a while to make any kind of money. Lollapalooza, I, I, I don't think, I think the touring aspect of Lollapalooza makes money, mm-hmm. but the standalone festival in Chicago, I don't think makes any money. I mean, I don't see how it can, unless they're getting something from the vendors or some shit like that. But did you want to start a festival? I, I almost did when I was a when I was a younger lad. When you were a younger lad, yeah. What did you want to do? I wanted to do a local festival with uh, re- like mid mid regional bands. Like Andrew Bird was uh, a local guy for all intents and purchases. Um, all intensive. All intent. Well, I was kind of mixing them. I was going to go all intents and purchases, but because uh, yeah. you're going to be intense purchasing things, yeah. so. You know, that's good for a festival. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Bird. Anyway, that's neither here nor We don't need to talk about my... my Your strong desires to make money? We... And ha- host an experience? We pitched it. We pitched it to businesses. We got uh, we got local support to uh, the local backing from yeah. uh, local... Uh, I know, non-profit, I guess is what you would call it. So yeah, without getting too much into inside wanted, baseball. They, wanted, they basically put their name behind it. They said oh. you could you could use our name when pitching to local businesses to strengthen. So it's not just this twenty-four year old kid being like, "I want to put on a festival. I want to make a show. I want to put on a festival. And I want to get these big bands to come in." So oh, anyway, going back to this uh, guy who was twenty-four, yeah. and now is you know an older man, dead, dead. Yeah, he spoiler. Uh, spoiler alert. I think I I think there was probably good intentions. To, to make something yeah. happen. And then you see, hey, how do you make money on a festival? Well, you cut everything. <laughs> yeah, you say, it's okay if we've got E. coli in the water. Mm-hmm. It's okay that we just, uh, you know, not have enough porta potties. Or it's sanitation. Fun. You know, Sanitate- you just create a bidding war on every level of things. Like, I remember when the, the security guard, when they started talking to that security guard, I had to go to the bathroom, so I walked upstairs to go to the bathroom, and I'm like, I bet you he steals from people. <laughs> and, 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 like, coming back down, and he's finishing his story about, like, selling off a T-shirt for 400 shirt. bucks yeah. and shit like that. I'm like, yep. Could see that one coming a mile <laughs> away. Yeah, does the shirt get you backstage? Oh, yeah, the shirt gets you backstage. Oh, it gets you everywhere, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that guy looks like he would do that to somebody. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I think it's so, like... How you can't see the writing on the wall when it comes to, like, how this is going to end poorly when it comes to, okay, we're not going to have enough water. We're not going to have enough toilets. We're not. We're going to be overcharging for food. We're going to. See, I don't think they saw that. I, and I remember this is the fun thing about watching. I think that was the fun thing about watching it is that my wife had no idea any of this happened because she was sheltered. Yeah. I, on the other hand, was watching MTV. And watching this thing gone, and they was very much this pre-internet, you know, pre-social media. You are only getting shown what you want to get shown, kind of thing. Yeah. So you're like, if they want to go out in the presser and say, like, "Oh man, everything's been great. Everything's been great. It's been amazing, yeah. amazing." 
more people are going to believe that than not because sure. that's all they're seeing. They're not seeing right. this footage. They're not seeing like fucking. I mean, even the fires they're not were really Court, Kurt Loader getting hit in the back of the head with a beer can or whatever. Yeah, or a battery or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I think those guys were. I think behind the scene, behind the stage in the VIP area, was a completely different, it's nice, a very, very different world vibe. So they didn't to the point to where like you know what. We should hand candles out to everybody. Yeah. You know, we should just hand out candles to everybody. It's fine. I so I wanted them to dive deeper, too, into the uh, the secret artist, whether that was a thing. Because that is, again, going to back to my secret fe- lineup festival. Yeah. We weren't starved and dehydrated for three days before sure. they dropped the bombshell that there wasn't going to be there a There wasn't going to be anybody. I can only imagine the melee that would ensue if you dehydrate people and, you know, basically starve them. <laughs> and then tell him, right. oh, by the way, Prince isn't showing up. Prince is, Prince is not going to be here, like, at all. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Bye. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the feel. I, that's the way it feels. And that's, I, uh, like, how, like, how is, like, how do you justify that to yourself? How do you make that work? And there's, there's no way. Like, where, you, where, where you just sit there and say, this is fine. I think we might be able to get somebody else, and, well, but, and we'll start like putting out little hints and that, feelers. That's what I want to know. We'll put little hints and feelers out there that maybe there might be another extra super surprise. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and then when you don't have it, you just can't go. Oh fuck it! Oh fuck! <laughs> I have, we gave you guys candles. What, what else do you want us to do? That was the special treat, guys. Yeah, that was the spe- wasn't it nice when they played that one song, and you know, and, but that's the thing about it. That's why I want to know if there was a secret act planned. Or if it was just the rumblings of the festival because it was being mismanaged, or it was right. there was all this. It was like, oh, it's, it's going to be worth it though because someone's going to. So I remember one of the things that happened with that secret festival in Eau Claire Kay. was the rumblings from people in the oh, festival itself. Chitter chatter rumors. Chitter chatter rumors. Well, Kanye is going to. It's Kanye is going to show Kanye. up. Kanye is going to show up. You know, there's going to be big surprise acts, and that actually got us to stick around the first two days that there was going to be a two full days a secret act that there was going to be a secret act that would show up and i'm like okay well then you know what that's that's within the realm of possibility sure you know where they're not spending money anywhere else (laughs) exactly right maybe maybe this is all to get you to really give yourself to the music listen to it give it which would have been fine if there are bands that like were touring and like bands and not just buddies that decided to get together and play you know, that's what pissed me off really more so because I'm I've fallen in love with bands I've never heard of at a festival yeah. before. Um, it's when they say, yeah, we just got together on Tuesday and uh, just went and they were just like playing like old standard, like bluegrass songs. I'm like, you fucks like I, I could get up on stage right now and be like, yeah, let's play Wagon Wheel. You know, let's do this. Blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. Shit like that where it's like this isn't. See, why didn't you? Well, I should have maybe. Maybe that was my big break I missed. The scamming and, people at, at scamming, festivals. Scamming people at festivals. <laughs> it's never too late for that. It's never too late. But the the rumblings. You and me that, right now, we can start a band. Mm-hmm. What, what's the next festival like? That's you know within a driving distance. There's a cyberpunk festival happening. Okay, like, right. within fifty we'll, miles. We'll become eighty eight gig plus one. Uh-huh. Okay, just the two of us. Uh-huh. Okay, it'll just be a lot of me clapping. Uh, can you just give me reverb on my clap? Oh, okay. I, I think I can give you. We'll get you a vocoder pedal and can, you go like, and, can, you, can you do me a favor and just like right now in post put some reverb on this clap okay so i think i can do this here on the fly here ready so we're gonna do this you're I, so editing I, it right now well here here listen 
Is that? That's exactly what I want. But I want that to go on for 45 minutes. Okay. For like 40, the rest of the podcast. For, for 45 minutes and mm-hmm. we'll just tell people, hey, this is this one goes out for all the lonely hearts out there. Okay. And then just play that over and fucking over. Okay. I, I feel like there's room for that in most. I like, feel I could play guitar com- around that and then we could <laughs> at least enough people would be like, if chanting. you committed to it. I'd be like, oh, this is art. Yeah. What do you mean if I can commit to it? No, if yeah. I could commit to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Like, hold on. I can commit to a lot here. All yeah. right. <laughs> so, but, but the the idea that there was a secret act that was going to show up and save the festival, whispers, basically. Whispers, rumors. And then it became a joke. You know, it became a joke of like, because that was the one time that I really fell in love with Twitter a little bit was oh. shitting on this festival on Twitter. And Inter- I got the most traction of any kind of, Twitter. I really never tweeted before. First time before. you retreat, you you became famous tweeting. In in a way, I mean, in in this small community of uh, people, Eau Claire. On. Well, because my buddy who uh, I went with last the the year prior, yeah, um, he couldn't go to this festival, and so I was telling him about. It. I was texting him all this stuff, and I'm like, you know what? I want to see if I'm the only one that's feeling this way. <laughs> right. So I go on to you know the hashtag of this festival, and it's just littered with shit you know like people are just what the fuck is going on and stuff like that and so i just started like leaning into it and just being like you know there was a there was some there's a river right by the the festival and uh a lot of the bands they just sounded like they were making it up as they went and it was just like sounds like whale sounds and i'm like like two boats just took off i think that's the next act for the you know the next show or some shit like that just coming up with all these little fun little real funny quips real funny quips and uh and then the Kanye's coming is going to be like that was that became a joke on Twitter, oh. you know that like oh guys really excited for Kanye, Kanye to be at this DJ tent here at noon on a Saturday morning, um, this is going to be great. This is going to be really awesome. Kanye's going to be here, um, it, and it was funny that the people were like oh man no you just got to give yourself to the music. I'm like I have that's why I'm pissed because yeah, that's I gave, why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I gave four hundred dollars to the music. <laughs> to the music. That's a big part of me. Like me, <laughs> I've 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 been fully invested yes. in this music to the tune of four hundred dollars. Yeah. I'm not here to see Paul McCartney again. I get that. I but get that. I'm also not here to say like, oh no, Steve and Jim they got together. Mm-hmm. They've been practicing really hard on their Creedence covers. And <laughs> here, here we go. We go. <laughs> Let's do this. And let's but wait wait for Pussy Riot. Nope, I'm good. You know. So you didn't watch Pussy Riot. We did. Yeah, we 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 sat there. there. Was a bar that was like within probably ten fifteen minutes walking distance. And again, because the other thing that I'm not going to do is sit around watching bands I don't want to watch and paying ten bucks a beer. So that's a problem. I don't want to do that. So I'm like, we're going to go. We hang hung out this townie bar, and um, we made the best of it. Actually, what we did is um, we spent most of the Saturday in the shade looking at the Summerfest lineup in Milwaukee and saw that, oh, Arcade Fire's playing on Sunday night in Milwaukee. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. We're not staying here for the last day. You're going to go watch Arcade Fire. We're going to drive four hours. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it was was a haul. Yeah. We're going to drive four hours. That's all on 90, though. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, we got there in three hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was a four-hour drive, but they drive like insane people there. Um, and then we went and saw we went and saw Arcade Fire and it was great because my wife had never seen Arcade Fire before and and you're I, all very big at Arcade Fire people. I enjoy Arcade Fire, yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah the sure. Suburbs is uh, one of the best albums of our generation for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Not Meat Claw Sandwich or what? Did it, what? Uh, Neon Bible. 
Clapton is what oh, you're that, that, yeah, that Neon is. Bible is also a very good album. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Me, uh, Meat Claw Sandwich, Neon uh, Bible. Yeah, I, I can see where you thing. get confused. I can see where you get confused. But the 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 rumblings of the secret the secret person, I could see how that could get people to stick around, sure. keep people's hopes up and shit like that. That's it's why I want to know. Sunk cost fallacy for starters. Sure, sure. Which also <laughs> should be the title of that Woodstock <laughs> documentary. Sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I would I wouldn't want to know if there was actually rumblings like if they actually had that idea on the um, organization side or if it was just the festival's way of surviving. Sure. Because there's there's those two we, different. We got to cling to some kind of. We hope. had to cling to some kind of. Hope. We got to cling to some kind of hope because it's like eating playing. an imaginary meal when you're stuck out at sea. You know. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. This invisible cheeseburger tastes pretty good, guys. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before a real cheeseburger gets in my tummy. Yeah. Also, I've heard Kanye's coming, so I heard I got that going for me. Yeah, I also found it weird that they didn't show Rage Against Machines performance. Like, I think that that but, was interesting as well. Well, also, like, I mean, they barely touched on Offspring a little bit, but it wasn't one of the big. Well, here's the, the thing. Offspring. I do remember. So I saw the Chili Peppers about a month after that. Uh, for one of my first shows I ever went As to. As you're 14 years old. Yeah. So I went uh, with a girl I had a crush on. You had a 14-year-old uh, girl. I didn't, well, I didn't. She was my girlfriend. Yeah, she I wanted her to be, but I was too, I was too, I was a 14-year-old boy. I was like, well, I think you're cute. Would you like to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Foo Fighters with us? And uh, us, by the way? My buddy. My buddy, Corey. So you just got dropped off at a at a concert? Yeah, my parents, well, my parents wouldn't let us drive down. I don't think we could have. Because you were 14. Well, my buddy was 15. My buddy Corey was 15. So he might have had his... couldn't drive. He might have had his learner's permit, but... He couldn't drive. Couldn't drive down to Le- the Quad Cities. Quad Cities, yeah, legally. Yeah, legally. <laughs> Doesn't mean we wouldn't have done that. Anyway, so they, they were like, okay, you can go, but we we have to dry, drive you down, and we'll drive you back. I'm like, all right, cool. Sure. All right. Uh, and so we did that. Well, we bought the tickets, and we went, and we had nosebleed seats, and we ended up sneaking down. Uh, the Foo Fighters, we watched Nosebleed, and then we actually ran into a friend of ours at the same show. Oh. And so my buddy Corey and I, we, we snuck all the way down because we really wanted to see the Chili Peppers. Big Chili Peppers fans. Big Chili Peppers. Most of my life. So we sneaked down. We were probably like 10, 15 rows back, 10, 15 people back, you know? Yeah. And they come out on stage, and we're expecting like, them to go crazy and nuts, and they just stood there, and they <laughs> didn't do shit. And I was like, huh. Huh. Well... Maybe this is the chili pepper. I don't know. And then I've seen the chili peppers many times afterwards, and they never stand still, you know, ever. And it was, in retrospect, it was like, oh. It was because, hey. They almost lost their career because they were they getting totally, like, the, to- the to- total blame was being placed on them for See, inciting a riot, you know. Yeah. And so the narrative of it I was familiar with, and I, I understand why they would highlight something like Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit's performance. You know, because it was really good, and I think it's a valid point that the guy brought up of like, well, if the the two of the three organizers don't know who the fuck, fuck the, the bands, bands they are. book are, that's a huge problem. That's a problem. And they did book a what it would be considered, you know, the frat boy bro douchebag kind of festival, and right, you know, when you're not in a, a, a male centric. I, I said this, you know, when we we're talking before, a male centric audience. Mm-hmm. So. What happens when you get together a bunch of like? And honestly, with the price point, probably rich, entitled, male centric. Yeah, maybe I don't because know. Because not everyone and not everyone's parents are going to allow them to go. I know at that time my parents wouldn't allowed me to go to a 
festival, three day music festival in New York and shit like that, or have the money to do so. Right. So there, there's that price point element yeah. that kind of gets in, and being able to travel being as able well. To, yeah, as a yeah. as a young sure. adult, even a child or rich, you know, entitled rich entitled new metal fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a lot of those guys together. You're not going to have a good time. Well, it's well, just they are gonna have it's going to be but. difficult to control. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Right, it's going to be difficult to like, uh, th- and that's what the thing that's absolutely frightening about mob mentality mm-hmm. is. That's like that's fucking scary because there's no control. Yeah, and there is like, and you it's can probably why they want to keep us divided a lot. Feel like shutters and ribbons of of weird energy going through a crowd. Mm-hmm. Like it's like. Oh, anything can happen right now. But they painted, you know, they painted the uh, the corn performance in a very positive light. You know, it was like, oh my god, you know, it's it's amazing to have that crowd in your hands, and it is, it is. Yeah. I've watched that performance long before the the documentary, and yeah, it's a very very powerful like yeah. energy, like literal but human energy. But it's corn, in the, but they, I mean, when, they, when they're coming out to Blind, which is a great fucking yeah. song, song to start a set off with, right? And, you, and everyone's there to see you. I mean, also, I've been at festivals, too, where everyone's there to, to see, see that one band. One band. Like, when I went to Coachella, I saw uh, Rage Against the Machine when they came back, the first time that they yeah. came back after the Audio Slave stuff. And it was the day that they, that they were performing. It was just this onslaught of Rage fans just took over the festival on mm. the last day. And it was like... We don't give a fuck who's playing. We're here to see Rage. So, like, if you're standing in their spot at the place that Rage is going to be playing in ten hours, if you if you you better like not take someone's spot, basically, because yeah. it was like we're here to see fucking Rage, you know. And I remember we Willie Nelson played that same day, <laughs> and so Willie, we're sitting near Willie Nelson, we're smoking weed, you know, and just laying on the campground, and then it was just like these. You know, Mexican gangbang you know, biker dudes and shit like that would be walking by and just shit like that. And I'm like, huh? We you're haven't. Here to see, see I haven't seen you all week, and now, now you're, you're coming here. out of the shadows. Right. They weren't there. They just came like, the, like for the vampires. Sunday. They came out of like vampires. They're yes. like vampires. They're like vampires. Rage yes. Against Machine fans are like, like vampires. vampires. Bobby yes. said it first. Uh-huh. So take all your angst Look, out they on came him. over, and, and the same thing. <laughs> There's a lot of bands that have Descending. vampires as their fans, but but it, the vibe was very much we don't give a fuck about Willie Nelson, but we're standing here because Rage is going to play in about seven Ten, hours. Seven hours. Yeah, so Willie's doing his thing up there, and that's fine. But, but don't take my fucking spot. But I'm standing here. Yeah, and I'm going to be standing here. Yeah, and Rage Against Machine is going to be. But to the mob mentality that you're talking about, the vibe, yeah, the vibe is there. It's yeah, present. You're like, and then when they hit and they came out, it was like, yes. Yes, you know, and it's a lot of pent up. Of course, well, because they hadn't played in a while. But right. so when everyone's there to see corn and like, dude, that's fantastic footage, and it must be just a right. remarkable feeling for the guys in corn to have. And also Fred Durst, like those like, very and, like. And I'm not going to fault. And again, I don't want to defend Limp Bizkit, but I'm not going to fault, fault a band for putting on a show, right? Because that's what they're there to do, right? They're not there to. I'm going to fault them if they say, "Hey, start breaking shit." Well, I mean, even during the song, the song break, break stuff, stuff, I feel like once again this is bad promotion. Like everybody to <laughs> their credit, to their point though, or like to the not again. I don't want to defend. It's like defending Donald Trump. I don't want to do it, but here I am doing. And it. you don't want to defend Limp Biscuit. I know. Go ahead. Here, here's what I'm doing. They 
are sheltered from the totality of the festival. Right. They're coming, they're being oh, no, shuttled you, in to not, the festival. I'm not blaming Fred Durst. And then they're getting on stage. Like, I'm not blaming it is, it is a behind-the-curtain kind of experience, and then they're there in front of these people that are going nuts. So they're putting on a show. They're trying to make... They're still very young as a band, by the way, yeah. too. This is a very big moment right. for them. I, I'm, not, so, I'm, not shitting, I'm not shitting on... I'm not, I'm not defending Fred Durst. I'm, like, <laughs> shitting on the promoters who would, like, hey, you know what? By the way, one of our headlining acts has a very popular song called Break Stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> should we should we let them play that song? Should we like uh, or like now or like easy Gestapo. Well, listen, if I'm a concert promoter, I'm like they're thinking about they're climbing up that fucking uh that center tower and breaking into things. Um, but this goes into Should we let them play that song Break Stuff right now? No, see what you're going to do is you're going you have to understand that they are all removed from what was actually going on which in that's the time a bad frame, promoter uh sure but it also is a, a reflection of the times those as well like we didn't have if the, the girl made the point in, in the documentary and i think it's very valid if there was social media at that time it would have been played out definitely it would play out a lot different in the fire festival um sure yeah, yeah. then the fire festival didn't happen though right yeah, because like nothing yeah. was ready, nothing yeah. was good. But to this go. would have happened, and I think the tone—they sh- would have been aware of the tone shift of the festival. The promoters would have been, yeah. But they—they they weren't. I think they were so far removed from the actual happenings. Well, that's that a they, bad, that's bad promotion, though. I'm if, not, if, if you're I'm not, not, if you're not boots on, if you're not listening to boots on the ground, saying there were no boots on the ground. Excellent point. That's but that's I'm not disagreeing that there was bad promotion going on. I'm saying that when you're literally like if you take look at it like a you know prisoner of war, you keep all the bands with a bag on their head and you take the bag off right before you push them onto stage. That's not, yeah. And then they just see a bunch of crazy fans going nuts. They're like, okay, well I'm gonna Fred Durst is a narcissist for damn sure he's going to take advantage of that. I'm not sure Fred Durst here. I mean, I, besides the obvious being Fred, you're Durst. talking to a guy who threw a lemon at him at a gig, at a gig or like yeah, I, right. I've thrown multiple objects at Fred Durst. Fred He's Durst. a piece of shit. But yeah, I I get that. I'm not defending Fred Durst. You're not defending Fred Durst. I'm but he wasn't wrong necessarily. No, for putting on a show. No, he wasn't wrong no, for putting no, on a show. Of course not. It, it should have been. Cheryl Crow put on a show too. It should have been. Well, Cheryl Crow is also not playing. Aside. Someone should have stopped, stepped in and said, "Hey, can we not?" play the song breaks break stuff because this is a problem like that that's we might actually incite a riot if we play break stuff right now what about killing that goes back to my raging machine point though the what, killing what, in the name of what though. day was was rage first saturday rage? night rage was saturday after limp biscuit after limp biscuit yes oh. Because they did gloss that over then. They, yeah, they totally glossed over because Raging Against Machine ended the, sh- uh, the set with killing in the name of Fuck You, I Won't Do What You Tell Me. Right. Lit the American flag on fire, which I'm perfectly fine with. That's I fine. don't care. That's a Raging Against Machine. Allowed. But if we're looking optically, if I'm making this documentary, I'm wondering why they omitted that. Because they cause love. We, Jewel? We, no. had to, we had to touch on Jewel's five minutes. Like, you couldn't give five minutes to Rage. Because I, I think narratively or or and this is my point. There's my conspiracy theory and you can yeah. respond to it if you want. But I think rage is too big to touch. I don't I don't think that's it. I think it's I think they're too loved to, to touch. That's what I'm saying. I mean, too big to touch. I think it's more of a problem with, you know, I just the incoherent like the the incongruitiveness of jewel. 
Well, I don't know why they, in, like, I get it. Like, Jewel why? is now in a festival that she's not, she doesn't should fit be in. in. She doesn't fit in this she festival. She should not, I mean, because not to of say bad that, promotion. Not to say that James Brown and Willie Nelson mm-hmm. don't belong there, but Jewel certainly is, it does feel incongruent uh, with everything else. But this is also Lollapalooza's mentality, there, too. I mean, that's kind of the beauty. Throw everything at the wall. Yeah, throw, I, I like that. I enjoy that. Um, you know, when I, uh, one of the last, I think it might have been the last Monterey I was at, I went from Bjork. Uh, we were on Mushrooms, and we went from Bjork. Uh, we weren't feeling it. We went to Portugal, the man, which was just crowded as shit because uh, um, the Lumineers were going to play afterwards. Oh. And so we're like, this is too many people. I'm tripping on mushrooms. I don't want to be here. And then we walked and we found Dwight Yoakam all in the span of half hour. Yeah. And I'm like, and we found Dwight Yoakam and his band. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do right now. And it was great. But in most festivals, if I'm like, if I'm going to go to Ozfest, I'm not going to walk from Bjork to Portugal, the man to Dwight Yoko. Right. I'm going to walk from Seven Dust to, you know, fucking, I don't know, Pantera to. Throw in Bjork. I, th- I think Bjork should play Ozfest, quite frankly. Quite frankly. <laughs> but the, the diversity of the lineup, I mean, in retrospect, you can be like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But it was also like, well, that's part of a festival, too. You're supposed to well, get they, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So the toxic, the toxic uh, frat boy. But also headliners. I, I think it's the, like, that's a headliner. What, I mean, if Jewel was headlining. She wasn't, though. But he, she wasn't. But if she was headlining or somebody of comparable, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know uh, who were the official headliners? I think it was Metallica, Rage Against Machine. Oh, what? Yeah, because they glossed over Metallica being there. They glossed over Metallica. Well, nobody wants to hear about their fucking Reload well, album. Metallica probably did a, a great little job. Let's get the Wikipedia here. Yeah. Oh, oh, now you want to go to Wikipedia? <laughs> Shut up, Nathan. Now you want to go to Wikipedia? No, you want to go to Wikipedia. Well, this is all just factual lineup. Just tell me who the fucking lineup was. So. um Let's go here. I guess we've got to go down to each. Each stage? Each stage. Is it the West stage? I guess they would have been. I'm going to go inside the West stage, not the emerging artist stage. I'm going to go to the West stage here this day, on the Friday, because this is the... Look, Insane Clown Posse was there. (laughs) (laughs) And the Roots. Uh, And Buck Cherry. So let's just get... I just want to make sure. So the the pre-show... George Clinton and P Funk kind of closed it out. It looks like oh. that on the first on the first Thursday night, and then James Brown start kicked off the official festival. Corn into Bush. Wow, they really, but they glossed over live. Okay, and so here's DMX Saturday. Here's Saturday's fucking lineup: Limp Biscuit into Raging Machine into Metallica. Wow, and we're gonna just gloss like I somehow I don't want to pin everything. And let's Dave Matthews Band was there too. I'm sure he did some shit that. It's definitely sure. egregious. Kid Rock, Counting Crows, Alanis Morissette, Rage. No, this is how the how the lineup went. This is the entire day. The Tragically Hip, Kid Rock, into Wyclef Sean, into Counting Crows, into Dave Matthews Band, into Alanis Morissette, into Limp Biscuit, into Raging Against the Machine, into Metallica. Fan fucking tastic. That's a that's a pretty solid. That's a great day. That's a pretty solid day. That's a pretty solid day. You can gloss right over Alanis Morissette. Yep. But to, Alanis Morissette did not want to be part of this documentary, apparently. Maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe, and but that doesn't make any sense for the Chili Peppers as well, by the way. Oh, and hey, let's not bury the lead. Who opened for? Listen to the Sunday lineup. Let's tell tell me these kids were not primed to be pissed off here. Okay, so they go from. Uh, we'll go the whole day. Fine. Uh, Willie, Willie Nelson, Nelson, the Brian Setzer Orchestra, 
Everlast, Everlast. Elvis, Elvis Costello, Costello. Jewel. And here's here's the thing. Here's where everyone gets pissed, and we're going to gloss over Creed. I don't think he can be. Creed was hot at that time. Creed into Red Hot Chili Peppers. Creed was hot. You're going to sell me a bunch of eyes wide open. I don't think eyes wide open. Was no, they had they had the song. They were getting they were playing it's it. My own prison. Yeah. I'm six feet from the edge, and I'm taking. Wow. Wow, Muse was on the emerging artist stage. Whew. Oh, wow. Fuck me. Oh, wow. They got that one. Anybody right. else? Uh, nope. Murd. Uh, Muse was the only one. Anyway, so I I, I understand the documentary. It's the documentary form. You oh, only can show doc- so yeah, much. You, can, you, you know, yeah. you can only do so much. Something right. tells me that uh, Godsmack and Megadeth playing in tandem with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers also had something to do with the... Uh, Hold on, Godsmack? You didn't say Godsmack. Yeah, right there. Godsmack into Megadeth oh. on the West stage. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Seven Dust? We're just collective <laughs> soul? Seven Dust and collective soul. Open for collective soul, by the way. That's a... So, um, I don't think all the blame is on Fred uh, Limbiscuit. No, I'm not putting any blame on... I'm not... Uh, there's some blame. There's some. Well... I'm not, not really. I mean, he didn't actively say, everybody break absolutely everything and ruin everything. <laughs> if you guys could go ahead and just make this concert unbearable for absolutely everybody and start burning shit, do oh. it now! All you people selling water out there, can you please sell it for $12 a piece? If you get close to any kind of water source, go ahead and defecate right into it! Break stuff! I don't. He didn't do that. I, he didn't do that. I, I don't think. <laughs> to I wasn't his there. credit. To his credit, he didn't do that specific thing. But anyway, uh, I hell hell of a lineup. That's a good lineup. I, I'm just. It's how much would you pay for that lineup today? Uh, I w- I would have rather paid four hundred dollars for this lineup James than Brown? to go see the uh, Jam- of who's Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai? Yeah. Do I know Jamiroquai? Yeah, he has the hat, and he was the one with the dancing video on the treadmill. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I believe. I mean, even like, but the hyperlink also, will tell G, you. Also, G-Love and the Special Sauce. That mm-hmm. sounds familiar, but I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, G-Love and the Special Sauce was a, a big, for lack of a better word, a hippie band, a festival band. They're one of those okay. guys that, they have a hit on, they have a commercial song that you would probably recognize. Buck Cherry. Insane clown posse. That sounds. You're telling me racism is racism exists in America here. Buck Cherry into the roots, into insane clown posse, into George Clinton and the P Funk All Stars. I think you're forgetting lit and all that. I just wanted to kind of no, balance. Ahead, it. I wanted to balance it out. I like lit as well. well Come on, like Buck. Those bands have. I would pay a lot of Oleander? money. <laughs> Come on. Buck Cherry into the roots, into Insane Clown Posse, into, into George, George Clinton in the P Funk All Stars. That sounds like a good time. That sounds like a wow. really good. That time. That sounds like a good time, right now. And it has to be in that order, so people <laughs> just can't just be like, "I'm just going to show up for the second half." I'm just going to show. I'm only no, I have to sit through this. I'm I want to say, I mean, and at this time, I was a big ICP fan, but also DMX and Corn. Oh my god, the Cheryl? roots. The roots. I mean, fantastic man. They were also there the day Rage uh, came back, and <laughs> still a bunch of the. The bikers were, they weren't impressed. They just wanted to see Rage. Uh, and Moby. Yeah. So, solid lineup. I feel there's more to the story. Obviously, it doesn't take a, you know, uh, 
astrophysicist, uh, sure. you know, a really smart uh, science guy. Science guy. To see. figure out that if you take everyone's water. water and the rations that they brought into a festival and say so you yes. have to throw it out, and then you only make them buy the food that the vendors get to set the prices to. Yeah. Because that was always the thing. This is why I said, I think on the last podcast, I was talking about going down to Bonnaroo the first time I went. Oh, right. I, I don't remember having money. You didn't have and money. And whatever money you did have was not enough to physically make it through a festival. Uh, also, um, standing out in July heat on concrete for hours on end yeah, sounds like a bad fucking idea. Yeah, I'm trying to think if... So most of the festivals, obviously, I've been to have been on grass. Yeah. You know? uh, there are there are parts of Lollapalooza that are on concrete, and they are hot as balls. Um, but they're just like sections of yeah. the the whole audience area. It's not everything. Yeah. So in generally in the daytime when it's the hottest, those aren't you know. Occupied. No one wants to stand on fucking concrete in the middle of the fucking day. Yeah. In July. Yeah. Weird. While paying to do so, paying for the paying <laughs> right. for the privilege, you know, paying for the privilege. Yeah. So, it's a. Uh, I think a lot of festivals learn from this festival, and I I do think it is an interesting study in the like the power of the media that it was back then. Sure. Because you didn't you really can, you can get away with that. I mean, outside, everyone heard. No one heard about the fucking Saturday. No one heard about all the stuff being broken down. We just heard about the fires. Yeah. That was all it was, and it was a lot of all the totality of this stuff. Was pinned on the last band holding the bag. Yeah, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm sorry, Flea. Sorry, man. Good hang, though. Man. Good. Oh, real good hang. Got a solid hog there. Get a real hog. <laughs> and at the end of the day. Yeah, this could be a podcast. Yeah.